0: Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey podcast. I'm your host, Marty, alongside John. Hello. And Aaron. Hello. Hello. No Dave tonight, he is uh, on the, uh, I don't know, he's just not available tonight I think is what he said, Um, but this is our first episode of 2024, Um, so we do have a lot to talk about. I think our last one was just before Christmas, so we do have uh, quite a bit to talk about, but before we get there and before we continue with our usual podcast in the way we normally do, we're actually going to start off this week's podcast for anybody who's watching with a a very special guest, let me just see if I can bring him in, give me a second. Well Gav, how are you doing? Hi, fellas. Well, um, just as I was <coughs> just, before you, just before you came on or I was just introducing you. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, um, Gavin Kelly is a regular for the SSA Arena. Uh, everybody pretty much knows his face in the SSA Arena, uh, long term Belfast Giants fan. Uh, although this week, Gav, uh, maybe slightly turned colors, uh, not by choice, maybe, but um, welcome to the podcast. Um, first off, I mean, congratulations. Uh, it must have been a, a massive. Uh, I suppose, lifetime ambition and achievement to, uh, to jump onto that ice in front of a, a pretty much sellout crowd in the SSA arena.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me boys. Um, it was a pretty special experience. Uh, I'm not going to lie when I woke up, but uh, I think I had a bit of a lion. I got a call at nine o'clock on Saturday morning from Todd Judium who's the general manager of the Flyers. And, and I honestly thought it was uh, one of the guys on my team having a prank. Um, <laughs> I think I actually said to him, uh, "Yeah, right." And I was about to hang the phone up, and he went, "No, no, no, it is it's it's Todd Judium." And uh, yeah, and he just we just had a great chat. He 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 said he Tom Cullen had had uh, watched pregame skate uh, uh, before Christmas when I was. Skating and uh, he would see me training and stuff, and they were down. I think little their usual backup. He was sick. Uh, he had the flu, so um, they needed a they needed a goalie, and um, I'm I'm glad. I'm glad level got the flu. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, um, I suppose for for anybody um, who who isn't
0: aware, I suppose, to, um, Gav, um, I guess we're right and saying that um, you're officially probably down as an e-bug. Would that be right in saying you were down? You were down as an yeah. e-bug for yeah, yeah, yeah. And for anybody who's new to hockey, because um, we do get quite a few fans on this podcast who maybe are new to the world of hockey, can you just explain kind of what an e-bug is from from a goalie's point of view?
1: Yeah, it's just like a, a goalie that's allowed the. Be on a short-term contract to cover a team um usually I, I got a great experience because I was allowed to be on the the bench obviously but in the NHL an e-bug actually has to sit in the, in the change room and or in in a in a back in a back room watching the game on a on a TV and if a goalie goes down he has to quickly get changed and um he gets he gets on the bench or in a game a couple of couple of famous guys the scott i think i can't remember the guy's second name in chicago he he was an accountant he got on to play a period and then there's the guy unfortunately this is it killed me a relief (laughs) fan yeah uh, yeah airs who beat beat them playing for carolina so but a slightly different in in uh in the uk whereas if an e-bug would there wouldn't be a third choice e-bug you would you would be if the backup pull tenders out you would you would get a um, a goaltender to to be on the be on the bench. So yeah, it was just like a, I had been training for a couple of months, so I was I was ready ready to go and and uh, I, I I think uh, Todd Diam said you you have to you have to you know honor the fact that if you do get on the ice, you have to play hard for the, <laughs> the players and not and not uh, uh, not just let, ship a few, not ship a few, so. <laughs> um, you're, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. In that situation because uh, you know you would you would get stick from all the home fans. I think I would walk around the SSC, and no one would look at me for a couple of years if I if I got on and 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 stop them. But
2: Gap, yeah, was talking scary. of that, sorry mate, talking no, of no, that, no. what was what was it like? You've obviously got the build up from when Dutz has phoned you, and you know that you're gonna step out on a game night. You're going to a building that you know incredibly well, but you're going to the locker room slightly further down the corridor. Um yeah. what's that like going into that room with those guys and then stepping out for warm-up? Um you've got the giants on one side and, and you're over with the the blue and gold.
1: Yeah, it was it was just a crazy situation. It was um it was like watching do you know the NHL 24-7 where you get backstage access to, to everything that's going on? that's that's what it was like for me at the the weekend just um uh i loved hearing tom Cullen, being able to talk- uh you know talking to his team and the team talks and I just soaked it all in it was he's a he's a he's a fantastic coach by the way Like okay, if we didn't have Kiefer, i would love i would love him behind our bench he he's passionate he's articulate he he cares about his team um it was just like I wanted to go to the battle for him when he sat and listened. I was like, "Come on, Flyers!" <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just the whole day. The whole day was amazing, and um, but it was it was it was so surreal. Like the, the boys were trying to wind me up. The Giants boys were trying to wind me up and warm up and stuff, and giving me uh, Sato like uh, uh, Kohe was giving me a bit of stick over the benches in Besko and Basco and. Yeah, so, I was going to ask
2: because uh, there's, a, there's a really good photo of you uh, next to Besco doing a few stretches was there, yeah.
1: was there a few chirps getting thrown? Yeah and uh, I just said I hadn't seen him since he got back from um, the Spangler Cup and I just said no really pleased for him he, he deserves it even like no one can ever take that away from him that he, he got to play for his country and, and uh, the Spangler Cup is such a storied historic tournament and and even though, like, even if he had just played one minute, thirty seconds, still, or just been on the bench, is still, it's still uh, an incredible achievement, and no one can take uh, take that away from him
0: exactly um and we will probably be talking about that slightly later on in the podcast because it was massive um achievement for him um but yeah. looking coming back to you we we had one of your one of your teammates shall we say um five flyers teammates uh, we had colin shirley on on 14 of 14 with john there um just yeah. before christmas um and he talked about the the atmosphere among the guys there um in fife um and it was only a short period of time was it welcome arms did you have a great time Did they you know was there much chat with them you know were they good with you?
1: all uh, oh, they, they they couldn't have been any better. They were, were a fantastic bunch of lads, and um, I was, I, it was it was a strange feeling because I was so disappointed with lost in, on uh, in the shootout, but I, I was also really pleased for them because I could see I followed them all the way through the game. I could feel the build up in their game. Like even at three 0 down, they were they were totally positive. There were there was no negativity on the bench, and. Um, I could actually see the Giants bench was actually getting very frustrated and a bit negative at times and there was a lot of banging of sticks and a lot of swear words and whereas Fife, to their credit, even no matter what situation they were in, they were like, they just kept, Tom Cullen kept saying, you know, just take it a shift at a time and and, um, and they were really positive the whole way through and we, we they were saying, we owe these guys one and, so yeah, it, it was just uh, they worked hard for it. That's I'm not saying, of course, I'm not saying the Giants didn't work hard, but I just think they 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 really wanted it a bit more than the Giants in Saturday night. Yeah, um, well, talk
2: talk a little bit about that in the room after the game, Gav, because I think was that the first time the Flyers have beaten the Giants uh, in the SSE since about 2018? 2018. I mean that yeah. that room that room must have been jumping.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Like they won, like they won a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> they were singing songs, and it was just, it was. I, I, I was, I'm like, should I, should I be really pleased here that the Giants lost, that I get the experience the, the fact that they're they're winning their first game since 2018. It was, it was a crazy experience. It was, uh, it was fun seeing how much it meant to, meant to those guys and. But um, that, that's a crazy stat that we we like we haven't uh, lost the game to them since for, for all that length of time and and I I, I felt good for the the amount of five flowers fans that were over because it must have really hurt last year when they got absolutely annihilated in the Challenge Cup final. Challenge Cup final, yeah. And um, so I also I, I felt I felt good for them too that they got to come over and have a good night and they earned it they 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 just even when as i said they were when they were 3-0 down they just uh, they just kept working their socks off and they got a bit of luck too but you uh a good friend of mine packing shield they always said you got to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good and and sometimes when you're going through a a shit period you just have to knuckle down and just keep going going into the trenches of every game and and working harder than your opponent and um I think that it showed that five, how, five, how tired 5-4 the next day Um, after putting so much into the game on Saturday night. They, they didn't have a lot of energy. They had a bit of energy in the first one. They went 2-0 up to Nottingham, but um Nottingham came back on them. And they, they just didn't have a lot of legs. They, only had, they were down to 4-D again. And another uh, Jonas Emmerdal, he played 10 minutes on Saturday night in Belfast, but he, he didn't play a single shift on Sunday, so... Um that's tough on a body, like yeah. tough on a team. You just in this league in with intensity that most teams play at, uh, running four days just it's just a nightmare. It's um you're asking four D men to play over thirty minutes a game and penalty kill and par play and and the, the, the guys literally they, they didn't even have much time to celebrate. There was they didn't even have any beers, it was straight straight um the pack after they finished singing their songs and having a shower. But they got straight straight onto the the coach and over to the the stand line and had to wait on a one o'clock ceiling or two mm. o'clock ceiling. Didn't get into six a.m. didn't get uh, and then uh, they had to go home for a quick sleep and they were back at the rink at three p.m. again. So I don't, mean- I don't think fans I don't think fans appreciate what how how hard it is. Yes, it's they think all the UK small. No, there's not. There's not the huge uh, travel that you get North America, but it's still a tough, tough turnaround. Like you, don't, it's a lot of double headers, and if uh, teams are short benched it's even harder
0: yeah i mean you you i mean you're completely right you know as you say fans don't appreciate sometimes and, and don't maybe fully understand just that sheer amount of um travel the the, the just the, the legs the bus legs and stuff just everything that comes in part of that you know especially when you have that such a short turnaround in terms of having one game after the other um yep. gav i know you have to go off um we've only got a short time because i know you have to go off to you uh, you I'm,
1: I'm okay yeah, okay. The,
0: the next thing i was going to say was you know obviously um i've i've had the pleasure of knowing you for about 17 years now you know starting in those days back um uh, Gordy the grill and your man <laughs> um uh, but now that, you know to obviously see you on the ice on, on saturday was just a phenomenal thing to see you know for, even for me as a as a semi-friend and as a as a fan and just knowing you so well um so seeing yeah. you on the ice was a bit of a, a proud moment as well and i can only say for me just seeing you on this was just like yeah this is great but um Anybody who knows you, anybody who who's been around the Giants for a long enough time knows. Obviously, your mum and dad, massive fans of the Dallas Giants. mum was there on the night. Uh, There's yep. a photograph I think shared on Facebook. If you don't mind me saying, I think it was a photograph of your yeah, mum yeah, uh, yeah. standing, yeah, sure. and you could just see, literally see the pride in her face. Uh, what was her What was her words to you whenever, whenever you found out, and also uh, after yeah, the game. We,
1: we had a we had a bit of a cry after the match, for a bit of an emotional moment. Like, uh, of course. But um yeah, she was, she she loved every second of it. I think she I think she said she could've just went home happy and went back home to the apartment to have a have a drink to settle her nerves. <laughs> she said she was nervous the whole way through the warm up I, I was gonna fall flat on my face or something. I'm like, Oh thanks, thanks. thanks. <laughs> so uh yeah, and uh they, they give me the official the game puck the winning penalty game puck and the get the game sheet and stuff, so yeah, it's just something that I thought would never happen, and even though, even though I've I've trained a lot with the the team, I just thought and I would never be able to enjoy that situation. Um, um, and and it's as I said in my Facebook post, it's not quite my dream. Uh, it'd been amazing to back up the giant someday, but um, I I I could die happy now that I I I've got on the an official game sheet of. Um, a pro league, <laughs> so uh, one step at a time, uh, here, Gav. There's yeah, always, yeah. there's always next and, uh, time. Yeah, and and if it, if um one more thing, uh, I just uh I'm touching on that, like getting on the game sheet. I it was a uh, one of the one of the lads said to me uh yesterday that it's an a uh, an official record. I'm the first openly gay man in Europe to be on an official pro game sheet. So no way, that's pretty wow. good record, so. That's wow! Yeah, that's done, definitely yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because the 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 young lad in Manchester. Sorry, I can't remember his name. He he he's actually he was with a girl at the time. He's he's he's, he's by and um, but I'm the first openly gay man to be on a on a European. Um, and I think the Pro Cup in AHL in America is the first in North America. So. Yeah, it's just like wow. uh, it, it gives me enormous pride. To, if that can help one or even one queer kid that goes to the Giants to, to say uh, that they they don't feel alone or they don't feel um, that they're not good enough or um, just gives them a bit of a G up or a bit of confidence, that's cool. That's cool with me. I'm happy to speak about that. And um, I just think uh, it's it's sad because it's such a... Um, uh, like it's seen as such an extremely masculine sport that you, you think, um, I, I especially I, I remember growing up, you hear a lot of um, homophobic comments and um, it, it can be a tough environment, but if the more people talk about it, the more people normalize it um, that it's not, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. And uh, it's just keep talking. I keep yeah. keep people, keep it in the conversation and I think uh, the league's making enormous strides with the, the pride initiative and stuff so yeah yeah. Yes. I was
0: actually I was actually supposed to say that it was a, it's a good time for you to come up with that you know and obviously the, this you know obviously knowing that and obviously coming into this month, uh, is the official Pride Month in in the Elite League, I should say? I and mean, we obviously we'll have the Pride games at the end of this month. So, you know, that's yeah. a, a fantastic um piece of information there and and, a, and a, something wonderful for you to have in terms of knowing that as well. Um, you talked about the game sheet, obviously. So now you've got an official game sheet and you're on official game sheet. You're officially a player for the Elite League. Does that mean you get to update your Hockey DB and your Elite prospects as well with the same?
1: Yeah, I ho- I hope so because uh, when I played in the Scottish National League, uh, they they put in the completely wrong stats that I was five foot eleven and, and two hundred seventy pounds. <laughs> so, and I and I've emailed them and emailed them and I'm like I'm six foot three and two hundred forty pounds is it's slightly slightly <laughs> out. and uh, no one's got back to me so maybe. Uh, if you're out there somewhere, he can he can some of these guys So, yeah. So great. Uh,
3: Gav, do you have do you have the jersey hung hung up around the house now? Or
1: oh, unfortunately, unfortunately, they they said they would have loved the me the jersey, um, but it, they 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 needed that for the the next night in Nottingham. They were getting another, uh, or not next oh, night okay. in Nottingham. Next night in Fife. Uh, yes. A local, a local um, backup. So, um, but it's fun, they, they, that was a bit of a uh, hoo ha. To the, the Kevin Lindskog put on a a jersey at the start of the game, which was number one, and our number thirty, and I was number one, and uh, it was uh, they lifted the wrong jersey. It was it was it was like a, a extra lar- extra extra large player jersey, so not a goalie cut. And uh, he he went mad with the equipment manager and said, this is not good enough. This is not, like, I don't feel comfortable. And they had he, the equipment manager had to stand on the bench starting cutting <laughs> holes and cutting, cutting up the inside of the shirt. And and uh, and he, he still didn't like it. So at the end of the warm-up, I had to swap jerseys with him. And then I came out in a number one or a number 30 jersey. And uh, it looked like I, I was uh, wearing a flipping... A skinny tank top with cuts <laughs> in it. Had cut it had it just jersey. it
2: makes me it makes me think of the time. I think I'm right in thinking it was the flyers who arrived without jerseys or, or no, without the right it, jerseys and no, had was to it,
1: just. Was, I think was it the Capitals? No, it was, was Capitals. Maybe yeah, the Caps. Maybe the yeah, caps. caps. Just yeah, matter
2: yeah. You could have actually, if it had been that situation, you could have actually been out in a Giants jersey just inside out.
0: <laughs> oh, was I was crazy. about to say even if I was about to say Aaron, even if uh, Gav had been given the Five Flyers jersey, I don't ever think I would ever imagine seeing him pretty much in it that often
1: mm-hmm. in the SSC. I don't think it's very rude. No, 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 I've no, never no, seen. No, I was about no, to say I don't think I've ever seen you outside would, of a Giants would up, jersey. I'd my bar. I was I was going. I asked them, could I keep the jersey because I was going to put it in my bar in the, the apartment? But um, no, they said unfortunately, they said they would try and get me one sent over, but. It's just it is what it is. I'm happy with the game puck and the game sheet and oh, the memories and the photographs and
2: I'll I'll go down the road I'll I'll go down the road I'm in Fife here I'll go oh, down good to man. chat with Tom. Good man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> You're friends yeah, with the
0: equipment yes. manager. It's all right, um, Gav. <laughs> listen, thank you so much for for joining us no um, and again congratulations on, um, on 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 your achievement and getting getting to have that experience. Um, yes, so thank you so much for for joining us tonight.
1: No problem. Cheers, More for done, having, ha- Cheers, family, lads.
2: All the best. Cheers,
0: mate. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Gav. Um, boys, like I mean, as fans, like what an experience that must have been. I mean, can you imagine just like, you know, getting a call, as as Gav said, that that call, thinking, you know, what is going on here? And then like just later on that day appearing on the
3: ice, the SSE. Was it that day? I thought was it you got the call on the Saturday and the game was on the Sunday? No, 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 no. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah, yeah, Saturday. Wow.
0: Insane. Insane. Absolutely wild. Um, It's great. It was great. It was really, really good. Um, As I say, um, uh, congrats to Gav. I think that was just a fantastic achievement to be able to do that. Um, Boys, um, as I was saying before we had Gav on, um, we'll. Kind of just a bit of a change there the way we start our podcast so um I think we'll start in soon to uh looking at the league standings as they currently are but before we get there just want to check in because it has been a while since we've seen each other uh Aaron how's things with you how
3: was Christmas all all good and I've actually I don't know if you've noticed I've I've posed up uh, a pair of shoes here I think I showed you these before Chris before i sent them in the Christmas? WhatsApp group yeah <laughs> so I have to give a, a massive shout out to my I'm going to give my, my sister a massive shout out because every Christmas they they get me a really good uh hockey present. So that so they got me the we I think we all have them now. They the Ruth and my, my um husband got me that the Belfast Giants logo made in wood. And this year they kind of done themselves and I appreciate this is this is a podcast. but anyone who's actually watching she got me custom made giant shoes.
2: So I mean, you... not to jump on the trend that happens every single time you get one of these presents, but uh, can we have the link? Yeah, <laughs> look
3: those. Lovely white trainers with teal stripes on them and then the Giants logo just at the back. I've worn them outside once because I'm terrified, terrified uh, of ruining them. And I, it, it might be when if, if I ever do bring them to the to the Giants, uh, I might like bring two pairs of shoes so that when I'm walking to the to the arena through the car park <laughs> to the I'll be wearing one pair of shoes get to the can arena
2: I, quickly can I suggest you. that you never ever wear them in Fife
3: because <laughs> of the car park because <laughs> of the car park yeah. <laughs> sorry um, that was, that, that was a, a massive excitement and I thought that you guys would appreciate the, the lovely looking shoes
0: and you thought correct don't you worry uh, John how are you how was uh, everything for Christmas with you and the New Years
2: oh good busy Christmas period um down in the northeast with the family Um, back up here quiet new years Uh, managed to get myself out to um, the Giants Dundee game on Mm Hogmanay which uh, I would say was great Uh, not a great showing but I'm sure we'll come on to uh, talk a little bit more about games in particular Mm -hmm. Um, it was one again where I walked out not entirely happy about uh, the performance but sure what do you do other than that grand I uh, can only hope 2024's as good or better than 2023
0: fingers crossed uh, we are going to come back to obviously we're going to actually get stuck in now to um, our podcast as we normally do and we're going to start with the league standings um, and
3: whoa, whoa, we'll whoa! back we can't get yes. away with that what about your holiday what about your yeah. Christmas
0: yeah it was fine it was okay yeah uh took in a few Giants games um, went to the friendship series which we'll come back to as well in, in period one or period three I can't remember um, so yeah it was good Um as can be expected. Um, no, yep. I, what did I get? Did I get, oh, I got this, I got some stuff to add to my background here, which you probably see my BD1 Lego and a couple of other bits and pieces. So, you know, this is We're really good. good
3: at this podcasting. <laughs> and
0: look, look at, I look know. at all my stuff. <laughs> look at all this stuff here. Uh, if you're on the YouTube um, well, the audio podcasting
2: is so 20, 2019, 2020. Come on. <laughs> it's the video podcast is where it is. Um, so uh, as I said before, um, I talked about my Christmas. Let's
0: get stuck in as we normally do with our podcast and start off with the league standards here in the UK in the elite, elite ice hockey league. Sitting in top spot still, um, even from before Christmas from the last podcast, the Sheffield Steelers with 25 games played and 45 points. The Cardiff Devils are in second with 26 games played and 33 points. The Belfast Giants are in third with 26 games played and 31 points. The Guildford Flames are in fourth with 26 games played and 31 points. Points. Dundee currently sit with, in 5th with 27 games played, 29 points. Coventry are in 6th with 25 games played, 27 points. Glasgow sit in 7th with 27 games played, 27 points. Uh, Manchester Storms sit in 8th with 26 games played and 26 points. The Nottingham Panthers sit in ninth, 22 games, 22 points. And the Five Flyers sit on bottom with 28 games played and 21 points points um john let's come to you first and um, let's look at the top of this league the sheffield steelers sitting there with 25 games played 45 points and the cardiff devils are after them 26 games but with what's that like 12 points of a difference uh, of the top there i mean i don't mean to be a pessimist but what do the sheffield steelers need to do to mess this up shall we say to not take this league what what uh what do they need to avoid shall we say um i think at the moment they they're they're tipped tax to possibly- tax
2: evasion and something that gets a lot of the business arrested um and basically the team folding um i know we're only halfway through the season but the steelers are by far and away the team to beat um there's been a lot of chat across uh, other podcasts and on social media about the fact that the Steelers are very likely to be the most expensive elite league roster ever assembled. I think that's that's very true. Um, however, that is a reaction to the Belfast Giants team that we've seen over the last three seasons. Um, it's a reaction to the Cardiff Devils, since their new owners took over and the investment that's been seen there. The Steelers have just caught up, uh, and they've caught up in a fashion that has seen them leapfrog At a time when the Giants, through their own success, have found themselves in, I don't want to call it a rebuild, but it might as well be a rebuild. Uh, I know that in the main, elite league teams tend to rebuild in the summer every single year, but the Giants held on to quite a big core for a number of seasons. This year was the first time we saw wholesale change. The Steelers have done some uh, big or made quite a few big changes, but it's working for them. Um, And a coach a coach that honestly after playoffs last year we thought was in real bother he has turned it around iron fox has turned that around and really they are staring down the barrel of a league championship um i think there's every remember chance any that other time that
3: where there's been such a
2: gap belfast things. giants winning it just after just after christmas the paul eighty year we were dominant uh, mm-hmm. and we should have won it all and we didn't um This Sheffield Steelers team, I would say, are more dominant in the games. I think they haven't lost an away game yet. That's how good this team is. Um, The gap is not insurmountable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The gap is not uh, insurmountable, but it's getting close to it. Um, This is not the same situation that we saw between Guildford and Belfast last season. Uh, Belfast, while probably points-wise, are probably not far behind where we were. Sheffield are just so far ahead that it's going to take almost a, a an abject failure of the organisation um, for someone else to win the league this year. So, have you been yeah. looking at their
3: books? Have you found anything in their in their tax books or anything like that? Not that yet, can... but
2: be careful what you search around Sheffield on social media right now. <laughs>
3: Yeah, uh, that's
0: uh, it seems to be a lot going on there with uh, the Steel Dogs and stuff, but I'm sure there's another podcast that's live right now that's talking about that very situation. Um, yeah, <clears throat> we don't have him tonight, so we won't have him jumping in to give us some advice. To <laughs> and it's, gonna be, it's gonna be hard if we won't have him jumping in to help us with uh, with our uh, comments and the uh, pointers. <laughs> um, the Cardiff Devils obviously are in second there, and the Belfast Giants are in third, um, as we talked about, um, and Guildford technically were sitting in a fourth with the same, same points pretty much as the Belfast Giants um, 26 games played, 31 points um, I mean, it's, as you said um, John, it would take a massive derailment of some description to knock Sheffield off the course at the moment um, you know, they've had a fantastic season and Aaron, you pointed out yourself you know, there's only, what, two losses and two regulation losses um, they've had 19 wins like three overtime wins um, I mean, 106 goals for this team uh, I mean... Say what you will, they're they're playing well, and and it, it hurts to say it because obviously it's Belfast chance band, But I mean, they're playing well, and you can't deny that um, you know that, that they're doing what they need to do. Um, and um, yeah, that's it is what it is. I mean, in terms of Cardiff Devils, um, you know, looking there, just they're they're obviously going to be playing in the Conte, uh, the County Cup this this coming weekend. Um, uh, I don't know if we've got that in our running order or not but they're playing the Continental Cup this weekend um, I believe uh, I think it's Friday Saturday and Sunday um, has the focus do you think for them being always been the last few weeks the Continental Cup uh, in the hope that maybe they can they can pull out an overall win there do you think Aaron John anyone
2: I'll I'll go um, <laughs> yes the Devils will be putting a lot into the Conti Cup um, they are in the final they're hosting the final um, and, like you say, it's this weekend. They have an opportunity for silverware before any other team in the Elite League. They can take home the dinner plate of destiny uh, if they, they win. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, it's three games. It's three games for a championship, uh, effectively. Um, but they will have some strong opposition. Um, I know there's a couple of decent teams, but Caraviche are there, and I know, again, Caraviche have travelled in numbers fans wise um, so there's been chat online that the Devils fans really haven't seen a fan base like this and you know what they're right they haven't seen a fan base like Caraviche. they were epic their march through Belfast and over the bridge to the arena was amazing the year that they played uh, played us um, and I think I'm right in saying that that was when Tom Cullen was their coach as well yep and um, so they will. the Devils will be putting a lot of stock in this my favourite thing and I know we talk about jerseys quite a lot my favourite thing did you guys see the launch of the Conti Cup Devils jersey?
0: the twirly thing? And,
2: yeah so it's it's twirling it's a video you can't see it but I know fine rightly that rather than this being on any sort of little motor spinning around there's someone feverishly <laughs> going like this turning <laughs> a hanger just to turn this jersey back and forward and it's fantastic um, I will give them this though with their new, new logo, which I still hate, it is a nice clean jersey. I'll yeah. give them that. It is a nice clean jersey, and you know what? They'll probably have uh, replica sales through the roof, and their shirt off the back ticket sales will be enormous this weekend. So all power to them for it.
0: Um, looking towards the middle section then, and I say the middle section of the um the the league, but it's realistically at what they're two points below the next team down is Dundee with twenty nine points, and they're like two points below third and fourth how oh, good is it to see dundee that high though i know dundee dundee sort having a bad start to the season but um pulling it back and now sitting in fifth with coventry in sixth and glasgow in seventh um i mean they're they're not having too bad of a season shall we say i mean dundee pulling up to there whenever people thought we were writing them off right at the start um mm. having a woeful start at the very beginning of the season um i mean it's it's a good sign it's good to see two Scottish teams sitting fifth and seventh, or like solidly in there at the moment. Um, you know, holding spaces potentially for those playoff runs towards the end of the season. Um, I mean, the Manchester Storm sitting in eighth as well, and only one point behind sixth and seventh.
3: I mean, it's a quite a strong middle pack too. Definitely, definitely. As you say, uh, Marty. There's, there's not even all the way up to. Well, I should say maybe maybe even the the Belfast Giants and it's, we're only halfway through the season, so all of that could change about. There's not that many points... I'll, I'll in go further. i I'll I'd
2: go further than that. Second, second to eighth, and actually, I would include the Panthers in this. I know they've had a, a bit of a tough run um, in the last couple of weeks, but they're starting to see results. Second to ninth, you can throw a blanket over those teams, uh, bearing in mind the games in hand that the Panthers have. Uh, the team languishing Mm, at the bottom the flyers are there they were in a rut across the end november december um that win i guess shoot out win regardless of what it is a a win is a win against belfast yes they had a tight one against the panthers the next night but like gav said when he was on with us the the bus legs are a big thing tom coolant talks a lot about the the bus legs and the travel schedule for teams in his interviews Uh, Will they come good? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if that's a a playoff team, really. They also Um, had a bit of a a good luck charm on on Saturday night. as Exactly, that's it. (laughs) But that middle middle group, everything from second to ninth, you could throw a blanket over them, and honestly, you could rearrange them in any particular order, and I would say, yeah, that's a fair reflection uh, of where we are uh, in the season this far. Uh, The Steelers just being the out-and-out dominant force is why they're where they are.
3: so Martin you mentioned this earlier is it it money is it money
2: hey Steelers aren't the only ones spending money now boys (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah we'll come back to that in period one um guys we are not going to talk about challenge cup just shit we're going to talk about that in a few minutes uh so instead what i'm going to do is i'm going to turn my attention to the standings over across the water uh in the nhl um we are currently in january 2024 so we're hitting towards that point where these uh these these tables start to look a bit more interesting we start to kind of feverishly look at these and looking at the playoffs am going to stop coming on
3: with these podcasts every day every time I, I i i check it a couple of days before. The flyers are in third place, we're okay, we're up there. And then I joined are. and then I that's check it. What, that's right. No, you are, are in third, world?
0: World? No, you're your third?
3: You should I better what? run through it. Let me
0: let me run through it first. Let me run through it. Sorry, go for it. Go for, I, it, go for <laughs> it. In this conference and Atlantic Division we've got Boston Bruins sitting top still with 40 games played, 56 points. The Florida Panthers are in second with 40 games played and 54 points. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are in third with 38 games played, 49 points. In the Metropolitan Division then, the New York Rangers sit top with 39 games played, 54 points. Carolina Hurricanes sit in second with 40 games played at 49 points. And the Philadelphia Flyers sit in third with 40 games played and 46 points. Aaron, you might need to change the dates on the on the top do. there yeah. yeah that's what you need to do um, the wild card spots that are currently held by the New York New York Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning um, very closely followed very very closely followed as you say by the New Jersey Devils and Washington Capitals are kind of sitting around about the same amount of points uh, actually the next four are kind of sitting around quite close points to those wild card spots uh, sitting over to the other side of the country then in the central division the western side of things what Win- Winnipeg Jets are sitting top there with 40 games paid 58 points followed by the avalanche with 40 games 41 games played 55 points and the Dallas Stars are in third with 39 games played and 51 points in the Pacific Division then Vancouver Canucks for the first time I've seen that their name up here in a while uh are sitting first with 41 games played 57 points Vegas Golden Knights are in second with 40 games played 51 points and the LA Kings are in third with 37 games played 47 points uh when I, the Wild cards are held by Nashville, 41, point, uh, 41 games played, 48 five points, and Edmonton Oilers, 37-43. Um, boys, I mean, in terms of, like, things have changed, I, I would like to say, like, the top, maybe the top two teams for each division maybe haven't changed. Well, apart from that 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 pacific division vancouver canucks on a, a, a real hot streak at the moment with uh 41 games played 57 points um six points clear of the next rivals which is the vegas golden knights i mean it's 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 a uh, it's i mean what's that i think goals for 160 goals against 107 i mean they're they're pretty pretty well at the moment um they've kind of took, took a wee run run of form um any other teams at the moment caught your attention that you've been that you are watching, not just your own team, obviously, but uh, you can comment on your own team as well. Uh, John?
2: Um, I'll say the one that surprised me has been the Caps. Um, I think it it's surprising to see them where they are. However, we know that they've been missing a little bit of firepower, um, and that is coming back. There was news today that Ovi is back on ice and is back in contact training. Um, so he's likely... To be back in the lineup fairly soon. Uh, i back on his uh, Gretzky hunt, um, so I think you're probably close to seeing the caps start to to move up again. Um, and then also the the Devils uh, with uh, Bedard, having just taken his. Uh, I'm right on. Oh, Bedard plays for the Devils. No, nope, nope. Blackhawks. Blackhawks. That's who it is. Um, well, he's he's out injured. Um, he took a fairly nasty shot to the face, uh, which resulted in a broken jaw. And they have just announced that he is going to be out six to eight weeks minimum, uh, having just had successful surgery to put his jaw back together again. Yeah. Uh, which is, that's tough for a rookie uh, to come back from that. It'll be interesting to see how he skates when he comes back from that
0: um talking of rookies we will come back to one later on in, in period uh two and we're going to talk about um philadelphia flyers and what's going on there with their rookie that they brought in from their draft who hasn't even played for them but we'll talk about that and we get to that point but uh Aaron, you know i know you've switched your dates now so you can clearly see the philadelphia flyers are sitting in third there still <laughs> i mean um coming on to your you weren't here i don't think for the last podcast i think we missed the last podcast because i think we were like where is he um because obviously they're sitting in really good point i mean must be happy to, to see them currently sitting where they
3: are uh, yeah it's you every what every season we go through this and i'm like oh it's okay it's, this is going to be the season and and you know i don't mind that we're all the way down at the, from the table but no it, it's it's nice seeing them uh but it's still it's still gonna be touch and go we've got some you know games that we've won we lost i think two in the last last three games so obviously we can't take the fit of the uh pedal off the gas just yet or the guys off the pedal just yet but uh, yeah things are looking well we've got good good um, good goalies in there and everything so fingers crossed we keep you up there indeed I um, see comment commenting there about the Devils yeah Devils I um, currently have well as he says,
0: there ten injuries for the for the for the um for the for the Devils, New Jersey Devils that is, um not Cardiff, um and um yeah, uh, five or six of them d men I think is what he's saying injured. So, um everyone's That's taking injuries tough. at the moment. Um, but yeah, um Listen, <coughs> it is be- the
2: NHL. Nobody nobody cares about regular season.
0: It will be an interesting running um, coming up now because this is where we, this is the time of year that I really enjoy. Um, not that I don't like the start of the season, but I like this part of the season when we get in towards that February March time when people are st- when you are starting to see the fights going on for for those places, especially in those wild card spots. So uh, it is definitely what we'll be keeping a focus on and keeping our eye on moving forward. Um, I'm just happy to see the Toronto are still sitting in third there. Um, obviously, they making the big announcement this week with Nylander with his um, signing of his massive contract, um, which is. Uh, re- keeping him on did you see Um, the
2: breakdown of that and what the vast majority of his insane signing is a signing bonus
0: yeah so he's walking
2: away with that money immediately
0: yeah and then he's yeah. getting
2: a few million every year that is insane
0: there is a bit of concern now though that um obviously the, the deal that's been done with that The kind of people are like well that's, where's that gonna leave uh, for mitch mariner um where's that gonna go in terms of like the the signings for that and how they're gonna kind of you know look at his contract when it's coming up um and how is it gonna be moving forward for him but you know um we'll see um it's good to see that they've just they've decided to keep the the services of nylander um i'm a fan um and yeah, it's good to see. It's
3: good to see. I'm, I'm hoping next month. So let, today I got a confirmation that uh, I might be heading over to Boston the first week of February. And there is a Boston's. Uh, who were who they playing? Calgary Frames claims game on a tuesday night but you, the you you end up always going away and something happens and you end
0: up not getting to go so hopefully you know, it's it's what always
3: happens is that the 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 it's the flights the they always it always changes or something like that but um yeah but if it's on a tuesday there's there's a good chance that i should be able to go so Fingers hopefully we'll way. have a belfast giants picture uh jersey picture at uh the td arena
0: td center yep um okay guys um i think that's it for the for the running the standings um let's get stuck into the main part of our show and let's get stuck into our period one of hockey okay here's one is a roundup of stories from the right here in the uk from all reads um, boys, I'm going to start us off. We were talking uh, already about, obviously, the league's running, you know, the, the league standings there, and how the league standings just stripped out. Um, it has been quite a bit since our last podcast, our last podcast before Christmas, and it's just before the uh, last of the Challenge Cup games, quarterfinal games, I um, and I, 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 I hemmed and had about what the title of this podcast was called, and I kind of thought it would be uh, talking question devices or... Um, there were some surprises in the quarterfinals, including the fact that for the first time since, I want to say, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, maybe, of us giants have been knocked out of the Challenge Cup uh, in the quarterfinals stage, uh, not progressing into the semi finals for the first time in a long, long, long time. Um, what year I mean, did you say it was, Marley? Think two thousand what seventeen? Maybe two thousand and eighteen? Maybe around damage? <sharp inhale> maybe was that? Maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong. I can't something remember. Something like that. Was um, that,
2: the, that wasn't the Nottingham disaster year, was it?
1: No, that wasn't the, it was.
2: us us taking the the lead to the NIC. Was it a two goal lead or a three goal lead to the NIC, and then getting absolutely hammered?
1: Hammered at
0: home, yeah. Um I mean, boys, let's start with that first and foremost. I mean, as Giants fans, you know. It's been, joke, it's been joked around for a number of years that the Challenge Cup is the Kiefer Cup because it was kind of the first ever <laughs> cup that... It's the first cup that Kiefer, um, t- when he took over from the Belfast Giants, it was the first cup that he won um, as, a, as a as a professional cup. Um, and he's held on to it for quite long with, you know, quite strong grip on it. Um, we've destroyed, what, three of those cups, I think, here in Belfast. Um, I mean, if that doesn't... What's sort to say? You know, it's been, I know we're removed from it, but I mean it's 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 a massive 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 you know thing it's a it's massive is this not the
3: one that john always complains about though yes of course john go with you first
2: (laughs) challenge cup sucks i don't (laughs) care unless we're winning it um you're you're 100 right the the biggest issue with how things went with the challenge cup is um the manner in which we went out and the manner in which the team played through maybe not so much the, the group stage um, that's always a bit of a given um, considering that we tend to be lumped in, or we're always lumped in with the Scottish teams um, so it's generally unlikely that we're going to be put out at the group stage but the last couple of seasons we've very much enjoyed the top seeding so... The little seeds of doubt were in there already whenever the Steelers took the top seed. And already we were starting to think, well, if it comes down to the Giants and Steelers, well, it's not in the SSE; it's going to be in Sheffield. Um, Then to go through um, and basically tumble out of the the Challenge Cup in the way that uh, the Giants did, that's what's been heartbroken. Um, To then... I say tumble out it effectively came to a shootout I think with uh, Coventry uh, in the end but the team never felt like they were paying the Challenge Cup a whole pile of attention which is when you call it the Kiefer Cup that's what was a bit more disappointing than anything that that room couldn't get up for the Cup that had eluded Kiefer as a player and effectively had been his as a coach Uh, we could have renamed it uh, in fact I think in the next 20 years we probably should rename it um, as the Kiefer Cup but to to go from a Grand Slam to where the team currently is now with not the potential to defend one of the three championships now that's what's hit and that's what hit the fan base I think more than anything and unfortunately we saw the the horrible true nature of uh, sports and sport fans is when everything's going well everyone's your best mate especially within your own fan base but when things start going wrong then everyone starts pointing the finger at at everyone whether it's players whether it's uh, certain corners of the arena not being loud enough whether it's um, questionable coaching whatever it happens to be the the fan base just started to eat itself which is not what we want to see we want to see it from nine other teams but we don't want to see it from the the team in Teal um at the end of the day, we still have two trophies to go for. And I know we're talking about the Challenge Cup here. There's four teams that are still in on it. Couldn't really yep. care less who gets it. Um yep. at this point. So let me
0: run let me run through that quickly. So obviously the semifinals have been set, um, and the first of those cup ties is on Saturday, the twentieth of January, when uh the Guilford Flames uh, travel up to Glasgow for the um to face off the uh, face off against the Glasgow clan. Um and the second group the second um teams, the second um leg of uh, the sorry, the second um into the Match center, up. A, a match-up is the Steelers versus the Blaze, uh, and that will take place on the 24th of January. So the first leg of that is in Coventry. Um, I mean... You know, as you say, John, it's it is <clears throat> it's telling. It's probably the first place where you kind of see people who maybe previously who have said like, joked around," like you've joked around word "auto awesome Mickey Mouse Cup" or no interest in this cup or whatever it is. It's not until teams get into that stage where they get to this point where there's like a gold on the line. There's gold right in front of them. They're nearly at it. They can nearly grab onto that gold where they start going, you know what? It's not that much of a Mickey Mouse Cup as much as I thought it was. Um, and I've seen certain fan bases doing that too. Um, so, you know, it's 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 interesting to see. It is gold at the end of the day. Um, it is silverware. Um, so, I mean, you're going to play for it. Um, and um, just unfortunately, the Giants won't be there this year for that. Um, so Listen, see- out of those
2: four teams, out of those four teams, you know what my dream final is? My dream final is Glasgow Sheffield in Sheffield and Sheffield get humped by a Scottish team again. <laughs> for the second year running, but in their own building, and they end up having to sit and watch uh, the clan, who have been, we've said it time and time again on this podcast, that they have promised so much and delivered so little, if they can lift that trophy in Sheffield, uh, then it would be absolutely fantastic. They've still got to get through the flames first, but if anyone uh, can do it above the Steelers, I would love it to be the clan.
0: I would agree, um, guys. Let's move on. Um, we talked about obviously the, we're going to stick with the Belfast Giants because um, obviously we're talking about the, the woes of the Belfast Giants and the fact that they've dropped out of the Challenge Cup for the first time in a long while. Um, but obviously their performance to date, as you kind of said, John, has been quite questionable. A lot of fans have kind of you know made that very clear in terms of what they're thinking and what their thoughts are. Um, we talked earlier on about the Sheffield Steelers and about money and spending money to kind of get to where they are and fair play to having that money and spending that money in the way that they have. That's fine. You can do it if you have the money. But why not use it? The Pelvis Giants need to be following the suit right now. Belfast Giants' first move was for obviously bring in an uh, old player from previous season uh, in Ericsson coming in. Um, and the Giants have moved again this week um, and have released... Uh, pr- pr- um, Preston from his contract with Belfast Giants to announce later on that day which wasn't very secretive because everybody knew it was happening because uh, I think uh, it was already out there uh, and that was the announcement that David Goodwin uh, previous captain of the Belfast Giants um, was back with the club Um, um, and that was obviously Will Cullen as well as should we say has um, the, the he he's brought back to, so I wish you say Will Cullen has been signed back to the Belfast Giants as well. Uh, but they also announced then that there was a departure from the Belfast Giants who uh yeah there's been a lot of coming and going on. John, do you wanna kick off with that?
2: Uh first one let's talk about Curran. Uh oh, yeah. let's talk about the release of Curren. Um all the chat was that he was gonna head to Glasgow, actually. Um but what he's actually done is head back to Coventry. Uh, where he Mm. has had an immediate impact. Uh, Mm. I want to say one, maybe two game-winning goals uh, over his first weekend back. There was at least one uh, game-winning goal his first game back. Uh, Man of the match performance and some elite-level chirping online from him as well. Um, He, someone on X, I think, put down why were you garbage in Belfast? And uh, his response so he was doing a Q&A using the uh, Coventry X-hand, he's doing a takeover but rather than do it with the Coventry uh, user, he did it with his own and said I think you'll find that my play corresponds to how close a Witherspoons is um, and so therefore apparently he's he's great but he's absolutely done that fan in uh, with that one but yeah the, the the departure of Curran I think was the the start of what everyone knew needed to be done um and then the, the couple of signings coming in has been very much lauded uh, we all know that there's one more that we want uh, whether it it comes or not we'll soon find out i suppose mm.
0: i mean it's interesting in that um the initial um press release that was given that was has been changed but the initial press release um for um whenever they announced david goodwin um it it basically talked about well it was supposed to say uh, quinn preston it was supposed to say in the initial in the initial it says it now but in the initial one um it actually had details for a different player that was released um and people were kind of like uh so which player was being released uh did the giants accidentally release information about a player that's going to be going soon um so i don't know if that was just a really big massive typo or a big mistake that was accidentally made and someone's all like oh that i shouldn't have put that that name shouldn't have been in there um but yeah i mean like the biggest thing i suppose the biggest thing to take away from it is obviously david goodwin um standout player for us um especially this season than the previous season than when he was here i mean it's it's good to see that that familiarity back um i hope i guess where, I where I have you like, gone to again spain i believe i think was it spain yep. Yeah, yep. Um I think he was just having some I think he was just having a nice winter break in Spain before he came back to the cold area of Belfast. Um but I mean with his th- three spells of the Belfast Giants, you know, two hundred and eleven points, uh, seventy-six um seventy-six and fifty-seven games, treble winning season, you know, played ten games in Spain this season, um, twenty-one points overall. I mean, from a from a point of view of, of steadying the ship in terms of A given the fans something to shout about and be joyful for and be happy about is probably one thing um to kind of help with that um and also two, just to just kind of maybe add a bit of stability into um the locker room in terms of uh, having someone there who knows what at least what it what it is to be a what what he needs to be to be a belfast giant and and to represent the city and everything else um it's good move in terms of i believe it's a good move because obviously I, i'm a big fan of goodwin um do we do we think this is kind of the start of something that kind of helped ease people's, you know, this disassoci- well I suppose, disinterest, or what am I trying to say, people's disheartened um, experiences at the moment that they're having with Giants?
2: I think it's a way of the Giants steadying the ship. Um, I think we, we know that we can only have two-thirds of the success that we had last season. Uh, there are still two trophies to play for now I said earlier on that it's going to take something special uh, for the Steelers at this point not to win the league uh, is that something special uh, David Goodwin and uh, Will Cullen it could be um, do we need that extra gold star signing that uh, I keep alluding to more than likely uh, we need goals and we know we're our goals came for uh, from in the Grand Slam season. But David Goodwin brings, uh, and and Will Cullen bring a lot of potential. They bring a lot of play making. Um, they bring a lot of leadership to a team that is finding itself a little bit adrift at the minute. Um, David, while he's not going to, more than likely not going to wear uh, a C or an A this season, is going to be, part of that leadership group being no doubt about it he will be a leader in that locker room Uh, and from the sounds of it that is exactly what this locker room needs Um, I think if I was looking at targets you're never going to say die on the league right now but I would be surprised if the management team in Belfast don't have one eye on playoffs already
3: yep yeah. The, the the word that you said there that kind of resonates with me is leadership. It's leadership and mentorship. You know, the previous captain, he's there within the team to to just have another year to, to help guide guide the team and themselves. And and Mari, I think you hinted at this as well. I think it also helps with the fan base as well. Having having two well known names come back. Um you both said it, steady the sip, settle the nerves a little bit, um, take it from this point, move forward and see what we can get to yeah definitely
0: um let's move on um john i'm going to come to you for either one of your stories um so let's let's move ahead with one of your stories then um i think you've got three actually in there so you go ahead with whatever one you want to go with
2: uh let's let's stay elite league and let's go Steelers uh for a second let's talk about uh this past weekend in sheffield uh, we all know that uh sheffield loves a 50-50 competition but we didn't know just how much they loved a 50-50 competition uh young lady walked away with a gb record breaking 50-50 prize pot 19,999 pounds was what So she that's was how much started. she
3: walked away. So it was a it was a 40 grand pot but she mm-hmm. walked away with yeah, pretty much She walked
2: away <coughs> with 19,999 9, 9. And when I say she walked away with nineteen nine nine nine, she actually walked away with a bag of nineteen thousand nine hundred and
3: ninety nine pounds. How nervous would you be walking around? Even walking to the car. Something how can that be twenty grand? That's a tiny little envelope. <laughs>
2: On the size I, of the
3: <clears throat> but i love the fact that like they they showed her face they showed her
0: they showed her getting her bag and this is probably all on the screen <laughs> and i like some i like someone underneath was all like i hope someone escorted her out and home safely Security. Um, yeah. but no, like, the Steelers we, we did, did say
2: that she was looked we after did. getting out of the arena and all the rest of it uh, yeah, honestly yeah, if yeah. that was me I'd be, I'd be having g4s on the phone and saying look can you guys get a car and kind of follow her home and make sure she gets back all right um but yeah night i mean a pound, you would think that like maybe someone in the arena would just give her a pound and say she won twenty grand. It's not that a not one wasn't that one P? Nine
0: nine nine. No nine. no no, no. That
2: be one, How ca- nine, how can nine, it be one P if it's the fifty fifty, mate?
0: Nine, 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 nine. Oh yeah yeah sorry. it would be
2: a fifty. it would be a 50 or a round pound
0: yeah pound sorry pound ignore me it's been a long day um yeah i mean but i mean fair player um and and also wow like what amount of money it's actually do you know what though it's really it's one of those competitions that um it's one of those those competitions in the arenas that i never pay i never take part in 50 50 ever um i don't think i think i'd done it maybe Maybe in my first season going to the Belfast Giants nearly 17 years ago now, I think maybe i maybe done 50 50 the odd time back then at the very start, but I've never done it. Like, I, don't, I don't do 50 50. Not, it's not something I do. But imagine just walking in, especially over the, the, this period just after Christmas and stuff, and walking in, putting down your couple of quid and your 50 50 and walking away with 20 grand. I mean, that's for play. It's great. What work. is the capacity? 13,000
2: 13,
3: capacity of an arena? Well, this is why this is why the question was
0: raised and this is why people then were kind of like, Okay, so let me try and work out what this means. So if there was forty thousand pounds spent on fifty fifty and there was thirteen odd thousand or twelve thousand pounds or twelve odd thousand fans or thirteen odd thousand Fans in the arena. How much would each fan have had to pay? And then they're like, and also if their kids, how do the kids get to pay that amount of money out? So are we saying that each person put in? So there's all these people trying to work out how much money people would have been putting in. And then there was all these whole big rumors about. Then there was all these like rumors and all these like you know um, conspiracies that there was like a unknown unknown sponsor who was putting money in, like a sponsor of the team. Yeah. So they
2: were they were saying that the the pot was inflated with sponsor money, which is nonsense. Now yeah. to give them credit, Dave Sims did come out and uh, say that. It's a big amount. Uh, there is no sponsor money. And to be honest, if you're saying that sponsor money's been put into 50 50, give yourself a wobble because what what company, what sponsor is just gonna gi- that is just giving money away.
1: Mm. Like that yeah.
2: they're not gonna do that. Um but it was also a rollover. So there had been an unclaimed prize oh, previous oh, okay. to this, and it was a rollover, hence why it went so high. So when you put all that into perspective, yes, it's completely understandable why it got that high. And look, Sheffield, amongst all the teams in the Elite League, love and push their 50-50. We have criticised them in the past because above other messaging and above everything else, there's always the message of 50-50 on sale. As soon as you get in, talk to our volunteers. Oh, by the way, bring cash. That We always kind of slate them for that. But look, you, you can't argue with results that girl's walked away with 20 grand fair play to her
3: yeah roll over that's a magic word you advertise roll over yep. to me i'm gonna buy a ticket that's how the year
0: millions gets me it's like it's just like oh it's just been one i'm like i have no interest and then it like rolls over and it's a hundred odd thousand million or whatever and you're like yep i'm in i'm winning oh, the whole thing the <laughs> um john do you want to move on to your next story
2: yeah can do um so very very quick one this uh, i just wanted to um put this out there this was um scottish ice hockey put an interesting little thing out on their social media uh, in the last uh, couple of days and it's a poll uh on whether you would attend a scotland v england senior snl versus nihl game um, and whether you would do an under 23 scotland v england game or if you've got any other comments or suggestions. Now, what's interesting here is that they're suggesting uh, essentially a, a nation's competition, a nation's cup between Scotland and England. Um, obviously, those being the two governing bodies that we have at the minute uh, within the game. There's the the Scottish body and the English body. The vote to unify was obviously shot down. Uh, so the two exist. I think uh, Northern Ireland and Wales. Do they come under England at the minute, or parts of part, or does Northern Ireland maybe come under Scotland? Um,
0: probably but as players yeah either probably. either
2: way um either way they're they're putting it out there and saying look if we were to host this one-off uh competition would you attend uh let's be honest we all know it would be in Dumfries um or or possibly in Solway uh given how big they've been recently since joining the NIHL um what would your thoughts be on that
3: as in would we attend do you know would what you, would the, you
0: go would you go to uh, Scotland v England the thing is, let's, do you know what though? That's the thing, right? If you, if you, um, if you remember back for anybody who attended the um, the, elite, the elite ice hockey playoff finals weekend, uh, that third place game, third place game as it is now, Chunder um, Cup. That used the Chunder Cup used to actually have a bit of used to be actually well attended because people used to come along to watch the uh, England the the England-Scotland game because so that's exactly what they used to do. They used to have an England versus Scotland game uh, in that third place. It was an under-23s, under, under 23s, I think. Um, I think someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but it was definitely an England versus Scotland game in that third place game instead of that third place Chunder Cup game. Um, and it was really really intended. There would be... I would... There was like where there's now, where it comes to playoffs now, there's a consideration I would give to just be like, when someone says to me, oh, sure, we'll just go go for breakfast and we'll just chill and we'll maybe go head down to the game. Right now, I'm kind of like, yeah, let's just do it. We'll get to the game whenever we get to the game. But back when they used to do the England versus Scotland games as part of the playoff final weekend, Dave will tell you, if Dave was here, Dave will tell you, we would make sure that we were down at the arena for that game kicking off or facing off because... They were always great games and I enjoyed watching them. So yeah, I mean I am um, so that, that, that was that's part
3: of a bigger a bigger event, a bigger weekend. Like if it was a, a start like if they if they positioned it like that where it was at the playoff weekends as, as extra games, that that's gonna be well attended. But if it's not if it's a standalone game, a standalone weekend by itself, yep. would would you fly out? Probably not but then i'm not over there if, if, if i was
0: over maybe there in that direction yeah i would go to, but yeah yeah but do I'd you know what is
2: and i knew this when i asked you it's unfair to ask you guys because let's be totally honest unless you're invested in it unless you've probably got someone you know who's playing you're probably not going to travel to that
3: would you go no uh
2: if it's in dumfries or uh, solway no <laughs> that's still three hours of travel um <laughs> Marty, do you want me to kick on with the, the last one that I've got here? Hold on, did, uh, did, you, did
3: you vote? Did you, did you actually submit your your answers?
2: Here, I'll tell you what, I'll wait and see what the jerseys are like, and then I'll vote. Good <laughs> call. <laughs> 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 um, guys, I'm going to stick with um, an NIHL uh, swing to things, if uh, you don't mind with this last one. Um in a statement that was put out uh, this week and then taken down for some fairly obvious reasons, the Blackburn Hawks have uh, put a statement regarding an assault on one of their players during a game against the D side Dragons uh, in the second intermission of that game. Uh, now, since then, We understand that this has been passed to the police and there is an ongoing investigation, hence why the Blackburn Hawks' uh, statement has since been taken down. You can still find it uh, if you want to. Basically, just uh, go and have a hunt and you'll find it very, very quickly. Um, The the incident has been uh, passed to North Wales Police, uh, who are investigating. The most interesting part of this is that uh, the Blackburn Hawks and their... uh, Operating owners, if you like, have said that they will not allow entry to their facility to the player from D-side who is uh, accused of this assault. So essentially they're saying to the D-side Dragons that regardless of what happens here, this guy's not coming into the building to play us. Mm. That's that's an interesting take, isn't it? I mean, we're back at this, um, when when is it hockey, when is it not?
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. And in this case, it, uh i think this is a clear-cut case of it's—it's—it it's, is a police incident, a police matter, and it's not a hockey incident, and a hockey matter. I think this clearly blurs. Nope. I think this clearly blurs that line. I think this clearly crosses that line. To be fair, um, into what it is um, and why it's being investigated as an assault. Um, this is a case of um, one player going for another player outside of the remit of of what's happening on the ice. Um, now if he had have assaulted him or fought him on the ice would it have been any better
2: you know you know in uh, in game in game you on on the ice you can say you've got rules that govern this um it's five minutes for fighting it's a misconduct for an unwilling opponent it's whatever it is you you have a case book you have a rule book with this With this one, because the uh, insinuation is that it happened in the tunnel area leading to the dressing rooms, that is off the ice, it's now outside of the remit of the officials. Uh, The game is no longer underway, so hence the reason I assume. And I would also expect that based on the initial statement, the severity of what seems to have happened is why the Hawks have deemed to make a statement that they have um and to involve the police uh so it's one that i think certainly we will keep an eye on uh but i think for now we're probably best moving on without making too much uh more of a statement on something that's currently being actively investigated
0: yeah, I'm sure if anything comes out of it, we will have it for the next podcast. Um, and as I say, we've already alluded to it, but uh, 4,000 and counting um, and also um, banners, obviously, will probably touch upon this story, too. So you can check out there for for more detailed information and more detailed analysis of what took place. Um, the last story I have for this period um, is a story that was actually um, announced today. Um, on, it's it's a spread.
2: Look at news happening on the so, day that we ahead, podcast jump. rather than the day after.
0: So you know what? There's likely something going to happen in the middle of the... Hopefully, you're still checking Twitter at this time. or X, oh, I am. Um, I am. We're on because it <laughs> usually happens while we are recording um, and we are recording a day earlier than normal. So... Um, More likely something will happen tomorrow because obviously it's usually Thursday that we record. Um, So um, I'm sure some other stuff will happen. Uh, But in terms of the news from today, this was the news of a new development, a new ice arena being planned for Trafford City in Manchester. Uh, It's a major uh, program of building going on, which will be run by Planet Ice. We know Planet Ice, we know there's a lot of concern whenever planet ice is mentioned um but it has been touted as the biggest venue in the uk with a multi-purpose uh built or purpose-built facility set to feature an ice rink um convert which can be converted into a multi-use event space um The biggest thing I suppose that came out of this announcement today was the fact that the Manchester Storm very early on this morning before the announcement was actually officially probably made, Manchester Storm put out a tweet or an X that basically said something along the lines of congratulations um, to Planet Ice, um, something along the lines of Creating development or something along those lines the tweet had said uh, people were actually jumped on were like uh, did someone did someone take over the uh, the Storm's wet, the storms Twitter account this morning is this real um, so it has led, led now I suppose with the announcement that this has been made today that um, this will be created um, this will create like obviously um, a massive um, new centre and a new ice arena which will probably take about 12 to 15 months so we're talking probably about a year and a half before it comes into uh, any, anywhere near completion the, I think the, the the, I suppose people's attention has turned to the uh, idea of what will this mean for the Manchester Storm um, and this new rink will it be will we be seeing uh, something announced by the end of this season maybe the start of next season to say that the Manchester Storm will be uh, basically packing the bags from Alteringham and, and moving more central to this Trafford City what do you guys think
2: John? Correct me if I'm wrong but Alteringham is already Planet Ice isn't
0: it? Mm-hmm, it is hmm
2: So, the expectation here would be that Altringham closes.
0: Um, well no they're said they have said that they're planning to invest in Altrinum once this new site and facility has been opened um it'll allow them to basically i suppose renovate and do what they need to do to Altrinum. um so i think there's been a thing there to say that there is a plan to to update and invest in the Altrinum site um now they've said they're going to invest in the Altrinum site but they haven't said exactly what that's going to be but do, do we think that that's possibly going to be it if this is going to be a, a larger a larger uh arena rink kind of idea with more seating is this something that we're going to see in terms of Manchester moving moving across
2: well my worry would be is are the Storm as a franchise in a position to fill an arena of that size Uh, are they a, a team are they an organization that are set up ready to take on a place the like the size of the likes of belfast sheffield and nottingham and i'm not entirely sure that they are because you don't very often hear them selling out uh the drizzle dome hmm. um you are you're not in the days of the original storm you're not in the days of even the phoenix um and to be honest that would be my other concern is do we do we see the the latest in a long line of resurrections of another franchise in Manchester? dipping trying to dip its toe in the market in Manchester um and trying to force decisions to be made. Do we end up with a franchise war uh in Manchester the same way that we had before with the, the storm arriving over the back of the Phoenix? I'm I'm not entirely sure. Is Manchester also a market for ice hockey in this in this way? I'd think does Manchester, does the MEN still hold the record for uh, the biggest British ice hockey crowd? Um, So there was obviously, there used to be draw, but there was a lot of travelling fans would have been involved in that as well. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of questions to be asked there. Obviously, the, the Storm are currently in with new owners. Has this new ownership change been something that's been brewing in the background with this decision for a development of an arena in Manchester? maybe it is maybe maybe finner and mrs finner have put them i've played a blinder here maybe this is part of them taking over is yes we get tenancy rights we get franchise rights in this new rink um Mm. i think one of the biggest problems that you've got with all this is that planet ice are involved um Mm. to say for a start they're going to build this brand new rink and arena they're going to invest in altering them and i know that Anthony, for one will be sitting at it looking at a noise posted online today about it as well. You've got Basingstoke and you've got multiple other sites that are crying out for investment attention, repair, and renovation. Maybe look at what you've got before building something else
3: does that, uh, does a, does that, what do you, what would what do you think any chances of an expansion being want you're 10, not going to get two
2: franchises in Manchester no 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 chances. <clears> no i think you'll see a team in you'll see a team in dublin before you see two teams in manchester i think
0: you're right john i think in in some ways you're right in terms of you know i think is it is it a for a lot of a lot of um ice hockey and, and not even just ice hockey for other ice sports and other um ice events that happen across the whole of the uk so we're talking about figure skaters here we're talking about probably you know like sled hockey we're talking about all of these recreational teams and stuff as well so not just the professional teams you look at the teams who are, and those people who rely on their local rinks who are all run by planet ice and how they're starting to kind of become dilapidated and run down i've seen images over the over the Christmas period of pretty much mold and damp forming in like Basinstoke and over in the corners and yep. loads of stuff because it hasn't been kept up to date and people haven't been looking after the building and I just completely disrepair and you kind of think to yourself yeah you're right you know should the focus have been on there before they announce this massive massive project that's going to take place maybe there's investments came in somewhere and that's why it's happening in this Chafford City kind of idea and this whole development that's going on down there but I I think you know given the fact that Manchester's history. Now and we could say that this is not the same Manchester storm of old, but you know, if we look at the Manchester Manchester storm and Manchester history of ice hockey in Manchester, I mean, obviously we know Manchester ice hockey scene was massive at one stage, obviously having the MEN arena as their main, main arena for for their games. I mean, do we see that the this new ownership Creating kind of this buzz around ice hockey again in Manchester and creating the need for this larger sized uh rink that's going to be built. Now we don't know if it's going to be an arena size. We don't know what size it's going to be because obviously it's in the early stages of planning. So we'll see what that looks like. But um
3: I think well, it would be maybe I think an arena. Right, there's going to be something <coughs> like 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 the O. It's going to have. No, I think it's going to be more.
0: No, I think it's
3: like that. I think it's going to
0: be more along the idea of what uh, the Vindigo ice rink, uh, Vindigo Arena or Vindigo, whatever they're calling it, down in Wales, where Cardiff play. I think it's going to be more based on that style and that idea. We have a multi-purpose space, um, which obviously has the ice rink as their main facility. So I don't think we're going to see a massive arena. It's not going to be an arena-sized kind of thing. Well, no, I think think
2: think it is. They are using the word arena. Are they using um, arena? Yep, they're using the word arena and uh, develop a new ice arena. Uh, and I think they're talking about six thousand seats.
0: But then <clears throat> but then you have to think about the fact that like Cardiff is pegged as an arena um and that's not a rink. So you yeah, know we're but thinking when
2: you when you say that they're talking about roughly six thousand seats, that's that's on par with us and yeah. getting, okay. it's I mean it's nowhere near Sheffield and Nottingham, but you're getting close to SSE size.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yep, we'll wait and see. I guess I'm sure more of it will come out on this story, um, yep. boys. That's it an investment
3: this. in ice is, is investment in ice. Exactly. Exactly. See, look, you putting the positive in as always.
0: Yeah, and look,
2: it. we 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 didn't put it in the running order, but Dave um, through today, whenever we uh, saw this story come out today, he found a a, a new story which actually came out of uh, Ireland today uh, about well where is the investment gone in the the dublin rink um there's investors sitting shovel ready apparently waiting to build an ice rink an ice arena uh, a multi-purpose arena in dublin it's all gone very quiet it would be great to see and yes we've spoken before about what the the issues it creates to have a second potential elite league franchise in ireland but it would still be great to see another ice pad
0: 100 mm-hmm. yep Yeah, 100%. Boys, that's it for this period, but we do have uh, two penalties to talk about uh, in the penalty section. So I'm just going to throw up our penalty box segment and we can talk about those. John, I'm passing it to you. Uh, You were the one that threw these in, so I'll let you lead on these. Um, So you can start off with the first one.
2: Uh, yep, very, very quickly, just to go through these guys. Um, so, just before uh, the new year, the 31st of December, uh, Miles McGurty of the Nottingham Panthers was given a two-game suspension for kneeing. Um, my opinion, guys, two games probably right. Could easily have been more. Um, it's, it's fairly blatant hanging out the knee. Um is there an intent to injure there's definitely an intent to get involved in the play uh, by throwing the knee out there it is a dangerous play Um, he's not a repeat offender Um, to me two games seems about right Um, we haven't seen too many in the way of kneeing penalties this season so we don't really have much to go on about what dops are seeing on tiers uh, as far as this is concerned but yeah two games any any complaints on that one
0: no i think it's can cut that one
2: yeah, I think my only query on that one would be the fact that there was an injury on the play. Um, so whether it sh- maybe should have had more based on that, I don't know. But we'll wait and see what the the next kneeing penalty, whenever it comes in, probably gets eight games or something, and we've got absolutely no reason, uh, no understanding of why. Um, the second one then was um, Chris McKay uh he was suspended for cross checking he's a dundee stars player suspended from a game on the 6th of january so just uh 4 days ago um this was a 3 game suspension for cho- uh, for cross checking um guys this for me is the more serious of these penalties um he he goes to cross check it's a calculated move and he gets the um he gets luciani very high um is it like the neck the neck oh. neck jaw sort of area. Cool. Like it's it's a pretty brutal um yeah. cross check this one. Um he's going with the stick, he's using it as a weapon. Um it's, it's pretty grim. Um now he's been given three games because he is a repeat offender. Now to me, the manner in which this um penalty is conceded that's that's equal to three games on its own to me if he's a repeat offender i think i'd be tacking on another one on top of that i think this is Mm. easily four four games i think he's gotten away with that one
3: yeah i think if you compare it to the the knee saying knee can be just as dangerous sometimes but that looks so more so much more violent i suppose i guess than
0: than i just think it's a dangerous play and it's a completely unnecessary
2: play yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah i would agree i mean it, just looking at that play and, and watching it you can like the fact that we you do wince a bit when you watch it you can see how how reckless it is in terms of just how how violent it looks um and as you say yeah i think with the fact that like there has been okay maybe they say oh yeah one extra game but i think two games if, if they're saying that that was worthy of a two game suspension and not a three game suspension on its own um i'm really surprised cause i think i do feel like it was, it was quite it was quite a tough um yeah i think it deserved more in my opinion as well.
2: Yep. Um that's all it. Right.
0: That's it. Um well then I mean that means that's it for our period 1. So let's get stuck in to our period 2 of hockey.
3: Yeah, yeah, and and Oh, it's me. Um, Isn't it me? Because Dave's not here. Welcome yeah. to Period 2 of Hockey. Dave's, not, Dave, here, Dave. Dave's <laughs> not here, man. Dave's not here, man. I always forget that. I always forget it. Sorry, you didn't you didn't set me up. Um, well, period 2 of Hockey, where we look at international hockey anywhere uh, across the pond and further that's just not in the UK. As always, I have done a huge amount of homework for this, and we have um, quite a few stories from John and... Marty, Marty. Do you want to hit us off with one of your stories first? Yep. Let me start off, I suppose,
0: with the I suppose the the one that was hitting the news most and the one that was being talked about most from the new year starting. Um, and this was obviously the launch and the starting of the PWHL, so the the Pro Women's Hockey League. Um, it started there in the new year. Um, start off to a massive fanfare, and I think it's taken people by surprise. I think I don't think people knew what they were expecting. I don't know what people's expectations were going into the start of this this season this uh inaugural season launching now we've had a talk about this this um you know this league and about the inaugural season and how we disliked the idea of the fact that like each team didn't really have their own unique identity because all they were doing was having a jersey with like the minnesota or wherever it was we we're from along across the front of their jersey um let's not get focused on that let's focus on the fact that the play the style of play and everything that's been happening in the PWHL from day 1 has taken people by surprise so anybody who went in thinking oh it's not going to be physical it's not going to be uh full contact it's not going to be as rough and ready and it's not going to be as whatever it was boy are you black, like is your face red because it has been phenomenal if you've watched any of the games at all you'll see just how cutthroat this league has been so far full hits full contact full smashing everything going on um but also obviously with a new league means that as as we kind of move through this the season as it is in the inaugural season we'll start to see um new records being set as we go along um that first record that has been set was obviously from minnesota um who have set a record for uh crowds in uh, having uh, having the tens of thirteen thousand three hundred and sixteen people at their game this past weekend in the XL energy Center. The previous record was the previous tuesday at a sold out arena and t d place in Ottawa with eight thousand three hundred uh, and eighteen and in which uh montreal which is Montreal's arena if you didn 't know um i mean guys we're going to be moving forward and we're going to be seeing you know obviously hat tricks as well being uh, mentioned the first hat trick was scored as well in the minnesota game i believe um i mean have you have, have, first off i suppose the first question to ask is have either of you had a chance to take in even highlights or any part of the pwhl john
2: yeah so i've been able to catch uh some highlights of it um yeah like you said setting it all up the the games have been physical. The games have been high skilled, um, and people are turning out for the games. That's the the biggest thing. Um, Thirteen thousand fans. Uh, I mean, that's a that's a playoff final weekend for the Elite League. Um, that's a sellout in in Sheffield. That's a sellout in or close to a sellout in Nottingham. Um, so to get that is just fantastic, and it's no less than all of these ladies deserve uh they deserve these crowds they deserve the accolades that come with it because they put in as much work as the guys do into their game uh we've just seen the friendship series return to belfast um and while we may personally have some issues about the manner in which the um the game wa- or the games were maybe put out there and the press coverage that was done prior to it we know that the quality of hockey was fantastic. We know that having college level hockey of that grade in Belfast, whether it's men's or women's, is fantastic. So to see the PWHL going as well as it is in its first couple of weeks is fantastic. The one thing I will say is they've got to sort those jerseys because they're god awful.
3: No, no, um, we said we're not going to talk about. It. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give them the the bye ball for the for the hockeys today and let them let them just be amazing at what they're doing.
0: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, start, it started off so strong um, and I've enjoyed what I've seen so far. Um, and I, it was the Boston game that I had watched um, and I, I did uh, generally, it was the Minnesota-Boston game that I watched part of that um, and I did enjoy every part of it I watched. And as you said, John, we had this past weekend and I was t- in attendance during the SSA arena for this uh, Friendship Series. Um, and yeah, I mean, we can talk about, you know, our disappointment in... in in the lead up to the tournament the tournament, um, in that it felt like it was a very, I suppose, unbalanced way of promoting the women's games, Friendship Series games, compared to what happens when it comes to the Friendship Four men's games that are here. Um, you could argue, obviously, there's four teams, and therefore there's maybe double the amount of energy put into it, but it shouldn't be the case. I just felt that it was very much like the, the, the level of sport of, of competition that was going on on that ice on Saturday afternoon was amazing. It was such a great game, fast paced, brilliant play. Everybody was really interacting with it. Everybody took part and everybody was really intrigued by the game. But they clearly there's only one half of the arena that was that was used and the other side was pretty much empty. There's a little splatter of people here and there, but it was pretty empty around one half of the arena and again it's just a matter of like it just felt like a parts like i was trying to promote it to people that i know was like oh there's a free game on this weekend a women's game on this weekend if you get down you know bring your kids down you know it's early and whatever it was um but they're like well we didn't hear anything about it but that's the case like very little um and there's a few scout groups there but there's nothing apart from that
2: yeah felt- you're you're right it definitely it feels like the friendship four's afterthought and it really mm-hmm. shouldn't um yeah. I remember going to the first friendship series, and I would honestly say that the level of compete was exactly the same, if not slightly higher oh, yeah. mm-hmm. than what we were seeing in the friendship four. I think the the women's teams grasped the opportunity of playing away from North America quicker than what the men did. Um, I think the the men's teams they they understood the occasion, but maybe didn't grab it with both hands in the same way that the the girls have and it it was absolutely fantastic Um, and if I do get the opportunity to and this is the biggest thing if I get the opportunity to bring my daughter to those games when she's a little bit older I absolutely will because I want her to see that girls and women can fill arenas in exactly the same way that men do and I want to see more effort done to do that and fill that arena for those games because they deserve it yeah, hundred percent,
3: and spot on, Mario. As you said, like thirteen thousand, over thirteen thousand um, um, attendees. That's that's amazing. Like that's that's a that's a twenty k fifty fifty ticket right I there. I mean, I mean <laughs> you
0: could, I mean you could argue, you could argue, you could make arguments. And I did see this commented somewhere that uh, you could make arguments that the reason why it was such a large crowd is because obviously it was in, it was in Minnesota. You know, home of hockey. You know, um, there's an argument. Do you that know what? Why if people aren't interested.
2: If people aren't interested, they're not going to come because they're not exactly. going to part with their cash for <clears> it. <throat> there is clearly a market for the, for the women's game. So take it and run. Take it and run with it and build the game. It yeah. deserves it. And
0: next, and next year we'll see those better
3: jerseys. Um, so before we, will we move on to any NHL stories, John, <laughs> you have a, a nice wee story, a story for us there about the CHL.
2: Yeah, so the Champions Hockey League uh, just, again, this is a competition that the Giants are no longer in so we only really sort of half care um, but I thought it was worth mentioning that they have reached the semi-final uh, stage um, with the first semi-final being uh, Geneve Geneva Servette uh, Marty, I bet you're glad you're not having to say these team names um, with Luca Rama uh, who I think at this point are probably one of the two favourites uh, heading in or to head to the final uh, and... Vitkovic-Ridera I Absolute Apologies to Anyone who's From there um, <laughs> And Skeleftia uh, Who we Know quite Well uh, They've Played their First games uh, They played Them on the 9th of January Which was Yesterday If you're Watching live um, So Vitkovic-Ridera And Shkeleftia, uh After the First game It is 4-2 To Shkeleftia, Um With Luca And Geneva Being tied Two apiece After one Game the uh, return games will take place on the 16th of January, so next Tuesday. And after that, we will know who the finalists are heading in for the CHL trophy, which, to be honest, looks like the trophy that a six-year-old draws. Like It is the tr- most trophiest-looking trophy I've ever seen. Like It is fantastic, but it is a- the trophy of trophies. Um, I love that, so, the
3: trophiest-looking trophy.
2: <laughs> uh, it really is. It really is the trophiest-looking trophy in trophy world.
3: very good very good well we have two more stories for this period um, both on the NHL Marty you've got one about the Flyers there
0: yeah um, so this is a really interesting one um, which has been doing the rounds Um, I think this pretty much kicked off um, yesterday so this is January 9th Um, we're on obviously January 10th today Um, sorry so this kicked off um, from the fact that we we know that the Flyers um, this past draft um picked um, a young and up and coming young player called Cutter um, Guthrie or Guthrie um, who had was then asked to basically pretty much, well hadn't started for the Flyers, but was basically placed down to, I suppose become more seasoned um, playing college hockey and university style hockey. Um, and he was given the opportunity then to basically go off and kind of hone his skills a bit more before coming in for his first pro game pro season. Um, however, between then and now, Um, something has happened in the way that the young player has decided that he has decided in the end that he doesn't actually want to... um be a flyer he doesn't want to be involved with the flyers um in any way wow. and made it very clear um after the championships there that took place over the january season uh january um or sorry over december january um ignored calls from the flyers who were trying to get in touch with them, um supposedly and uh made it clear that he uh had no intention of um basically ever putting on the Flyers colours, the the black and orange for the Flyers. Um so instead the Flyers have moved to trade him away. Um and that trade happened this week. So they traded off um Cutter to um I suppose cut losses, cut their ties, I suppose, with him. So try to get something out of it. Um it's an interesting story. Um, I felt just having the fact that like you have this young up and coming, you know, um, player. We've seen how they make such massive differences for other teams. You know, we look at this year, we look at Bedard and how he's made an impact um, down there in in Chicago. Um, and you know, flyers obviously looking ahead and thinking, well, we have something similar in this young player that we're hoping will be able to come in after the world juniors and start kind of looking in where it's gonna go with us? I mean, what how you know, what's the thinking here? What's what's
2: happened, do we feel? There's been different talk about sort of the whys about it, um, ranging from was it an internal decision by Philly? Um, was it to do with his entry-level um, agreement, uh, whether he was going to go to the A before he came up to the National? Um, some people even suggested that he wants nothing to do with John Tortorella. Um mm. And a lot of people have said that we might find out he's been traded to Anaheim so it's now up to Anaheim what they do with him Uh, does he go to their affiliates does he go down one or two leagues to get ready does he ever play in the national you've got to assume that if they've traded for him they expect him to play in the national Um, but now it's up to him does he ever come come clean about what's happened here Um, we, we just don't know it'll be interesting to follow him um as Maureen said
3: it's it happened this is this from apparently from several sources happened it predates like may of last mm -hmm. year and it's only kind of coming about
0: it's it's weird because obviously whenever it was all announced and he he had signed on he was saying at the time he had said i'm only too happy to be a flyer and to stick on that flyer those flyers colors and and fully you know commit to the flyers organization um and then obviously this came out where it was basically like where they've tried to get him over during the junior championships, junior world championships. So they went to um there this um as I said, it just took place. Couldn't get him or whatever it was. And then after that, this announcement it's been placed where it looked like the Flyers jumped in first and said, right, well, this is our decision, made, But then there's all these old rumors going around to say, basically as you say, John, that Tortorella is maybe a, an aspect. There was also something going around that Tortorella had made some comment about. Well, if he doesn't want to be a flyer, it's his loss. You know, it's kind of like a kind of like a. I mean, that's the most John Tortorella face. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, so it's yeah. just like, you know, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one and I don't know if much more is going to come out of it, but as you say, maybe, maybe this will something will come out more. Maybe we'll find out more in the coming, on the coming days, but I thought it was a very interesting one um, and it was worth just quickly
3: mentioning. Certainly. Um, and as a Flyers fan, I've be keeping an eye on it because as you say, new blood is always, it's always good to have. Um, John, you have a really cool one to finish off for this, for this period.
2: Yeah, um, no one find rightly that if he was here, Dave probably would have been talking all about this one. Um, so back on January 7th, um, or sorry, January 6th, actually, um, in a game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Minnesota Wild uh, were trailing by one, uh, about a minute and a half to go in the third, and did what any team does at that point in the game, and decided to pull the netminder. So Fleury is making his way to the benches for the, the extra attacker but he notices ju- I'm not joking as he is approaching the bench that the Blue Jackets are about to turn up ice and go on the empty net Fleury, I don't know how manages to throw himself in front of the shot on the empty net and deflect it but that's not the craziest part of the whole thing off that broken play the Minnesota Wild come up ice and level the game they then go on to win the game in ot no way that is no pun intended wild uh, <laughs>
0: a, um you know it's it's a beautiful thing to see a 50 year old player being able to do such uh such moves um have you seen yeah, a, he, he took a bit
2: of a i think it was the next the next game was his thousandth i think yeah um and he he got a bit of a ribbon he got the solo treatment as he came out for warm-ups which he wasn't overly pleased about I saw him shoot a puck uh, down the tunnel when he skated back round and realised that he'd been uh, left to skate out on the ice on his own uh, during the next game but the entire passage of play on this one is just mental and it's just another feather in Fleury's cap his wherewithal he is skating at the same rate towards the goal as the attacking player from Columbus in all that and to be air. able to get i don't know i don't know what he does i don't know if he gets the stick on it or a pad it doesn't matter what he gets on it his ability to get something on that puck while he's diving through the air is just insane the fact and that, that like then leads to a time as well yeah absolutely yeah. insane i mean
3: me me and dave
0: um maybe ever talked about this um talking about or either at the last yeah, dance game that we're going to which wasn't with before. It's probably after this game actually Um, and we were talking about the fact that like, you know, Curry is one of those players who will be 100% in the um, Hockey Hall of Fame without a doubt. Um, but it's kind of like that modern day variation of like, you know, we talk about like the greats like Marty Brodera and stuff and how he had a massive impact on the game or whatever it was. But for me, this this man for me has always been impressed. Um, no matter where he's been, you know, when he was in Vegas. Now that he's moved here to uh, Wild, but even before he got to those stages Before he even went to Vegas and everything, like he's just been one of those standard players for me. Personality, he has personality coming out of buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, and but also, you know, at this even at this age to play still at this point um, and
3: still producing. I mean, great player.
2: Yeah, absolutely outstanding, and a great way to finish off the period.
3: Indeed. Murray, that's us and a period two. If you want to move on to period three, well, indeed.
2: Period three is our general knocky news. news. Sorry. I
0: thought okay. you were
2: going to say it there. Um, <laughs> knocking news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into period one or period two or sometimes we just throw some stuff in here because one and two are already too full uh and i think that's pretty much the case this time uh, as we look at what's in knocking news there's only a couple of stories here to round out the podcast um we're going to start with just uh before christmas we've seen the teddy toss period in the elite league as teams look to gather Uh, soft toys and other things to take to those people who need them around the Christmas period. Um, Just uh, a few days ago uh, in the AHL, the Hershey Bears, the well-known Hershey Bears, known for their teddy toss, Marty, they, they had a night of it.
0: They did. Um, not surprisingly, they set another new record uh, for their teddy bear toss. This year, they recorded seven seventy four thousand five hundred and ninety nine stuffed animals thrown on and around the ice. Um, I mean, it's just utter chaos when it comes to this thing. Um, for the bird, how can
3: year. you? How could you watch this video
0: and not smile? It's amazing. Like, do you know what? Like, it's it's the highlight of the year. They know fundamentally that people buy into this every single year. And rightly so. Um and it's they, they they've just done another they just they've just had another record again this year. Um but it's just it's always fun to watch, you know, as soon as that goal goes in and those birds come in. And I always love it because you always have although it didn't happen in Belfast this year, um you always have someone who carries the giant massive bird that clearly needs like seven people to lift up over the uh plexi. Um and there's a couple of those in the around the arena but there's one that you can see at the end of the video that we're currently watching where uh they're getting help kind of getting thing, uh, getting a thrown over the plexi the other bit that I love is whenever they uh, have them all lined up and the players all kind of pretty much just jump into the burrs um, and there's another bit of the video um, which we will post I'm sure you've all seen it though there is another bit of the video where you can see where there's a fan who basically where, who's down by the front of the plexi and I'm concerned and worried for the lady because I'm just thinking are you going to suffocate under all those burrs? You're going to get crushed by burrs by the front of the plexi. Um, it's just, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, fair play. 74,599 stuffed animals all go into good causes. Um,
1: Absolutely. So well.
2: my, one of my favorite parts of it is the fact that the broadcast team are also throwing their teddies yeah.
1: on uh, yeah, the yeah. ice
2: as well from like a way up who knows where in that arena. Um, and yeah, my other favorite one is the player. So just after the massive teddy bear is thrown in, a player comes at speed into the pile of teddy bears as well and just disappears into them. Uh, there's, I actually saw a couple of different angles of that from camera crews who managed to get on the ice really quickly, and you just see the guys disappear into the piles of teddies. It's fantastic. <laughs> you gotta imagine that must be a big gap in play there though. Mm, to to get to get nearly seventy five thousand teddy bears off the ice, like. Elite league teams struggle to get all the pucks from Chuck-A-Puck off the ice in time for the game to start again. Uh, To get that many teddies off, you do sometimes wonder about momentum in those games. Uh, Obviously, the Hershey Bears went 1-0 up with that goal, uh, and that was the teddy toss goal. You wonder what that does to momentum, that time off, because a lot of the time coaches will be like, right, you've got one, go get another. Um, So I know that there's the humbugs. Who I think don't like it, but us, we love it.
3: I'm pretty sure we talk about this every year. I'm pretty sure this time of year,
2: this. Oh, we talk this, about the Hershey uh, Bears every year. We, talk about, yeah, we yeah. make sure
3: we, we look at, we always look out for it every year. We make sure we
0: want to talk about it every year because we know we're going to hit a new record every year, um, just because the numbers of bears they get um, each year just gets more and more ridiculous. So uh, I'm so sure I've it'll just hit,
3: I've, I've just found been an, an article there it. saying there that counting the record from Sunday's in mind, right, which was the seventy let's call it 74,000 75,000 um since they've been doing it for 23 years now that brings the number of donated teddies to 464,107 teddies wow. donated wow. over that period of time
2: that's, that's insane love it well that's one um marty i'm going to take us to the the last story as well and uh, potentially some new and interesting ways to watch the game
0: yeah um so this is um a, just a, a, um a news piece actually that was that, that came to my attention today um um i was looking at the you know the, at the moment the iron you could probably maybe correct me there's a currently like a world like technology conference thing on it yeah yeah um and i think this probably came out of some of the stuff that's been going on across the the, the, the kind of that that whole you know um area of of technologies and stuff coming out but um th- i think this kind of came out as part of uh, some of the stuff that was going on but um a, a company called access communication which is a networking technology and industry leader um who offers video surveillance access control intercoms audio systems video controlling um have created a, a camera a special camera um created in sweden i suppose um who have that what they're saying is we'll be able to capture impossible angles that have never been used before inside of ice. So the problem has been that obviously, um, cameras haven't been weather resistant in terms of if it gets too cold, um, technology has meant that maybe cameras have switched off or just completely died. Battery hasn't been able to last, whatever that might be look like. Um, but they've created a small camera. Um, less than 40 millimeters, I think. No, um, a small tiny camera that fits within the center ice of um, an ice rink. So they tested it out um, on an ice rink to see how it worked. Um, and what they've done was they set it up in the center ice part, so in the drop, uh, where they drop the puck, um, and they placed it in so that it could be, it could stand, um temperature from as low as a, uh, minus 40 degrees, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, whatever it might be. I can't remember. It's 40 degrees Celsius. Um, and it can also, this camera can also last up to 60 degrees Celsius too. Um Full 1080 100, uh, p color audio. Everything provides a hundred and eighty five degree horizontal field, so you can capture the, everything around it. Um, and there's a video footage of the 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 camera in use. Um, and there's also a little image of the ca- of the camera itself inside a little block of ice. Um, and you can clearly see where they have set it down in the center of ice, and you can see that uh, um, for the first time people dropping the puck down on top of of it. Um, it's phenomenal. If you get a chance, watch the video. We'll share the video on uh, Google's. But uh, guys, did you see the video? Did you watch a bit of it to see the, how the camera works and how it looks? I mean, could you imagine this as a, as a new um, form of sensor, a uh, new form of camera uh, for NHL?
2: Can I, can I put one potential use out of this? If you put an array of these out, you can have them on the blue lines. You can have them on the goal lines. And having an angle that close on the ice and if it was angled backwards into the goal to potentially show a puck crossing the line entirely for goal no goal decisions, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, let alone the, the picture from centre ice straight up on face-offs is brilliant. Put those in all the, the face-off dots. Like that's a that's a pretty cool angle to see things from. Uh, but I can see it as part of the game, actually. Uh, and part of the suite that lets officials make as accurate decisions as possible.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things about it was they said it was the fact that the the battery um and the camera itself and everything about it lasted for a full length of a hockey game. So it did last the full game and more so. Um, because they the way they test it was they put it on to see how long it would last before they would need to kind of reset or anything. Um and it lasted a full length of the game plus more. Um but it's, it's genuinely something that's quite exciting um, and it would be definitely a, a unique look that we have never seen before. Um, and it I, does allow for the Zamboni to drive over it and everything so the Zamboni can drive over it back and forth, freeze in place. Um, and it's been designed in a way that it takes into consideration things like our bubbles, our pockets, and how maybe the ice forms when the Zamboni does go across. So it's, it's quite an interesting setup.
3: I absolutely love the idea of whatever member <clears> of <throat> staff came up with this idea. Back in the day, I, I used to work for a... Uh, a company that developed cctv cameras and 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 access control systems and i could just imagine people's looks um as if i went up to them and said here here do you you want to know a really good idea and how we could market our cameras let's go up and watch some belfast giants game and put a camera into the ice i i would get some some severe looks so whoever came up (laughs) with that idea and got it approved all four to you well done um but yeah we'll see i don't
0: know maybe it's something in the future we'll see
2: We will. Uh, With that, that brings us to the end of period three, Marty. Uh, And I don't see anything else on the running order.
0: Nope that brings us to the end of period three and it brings us to the end of our podcast for this week um we just want to say again massive thank you uh to gav um for coming on and, and joining us, and allowing us to kind of just stick on a little flyers logo and a flyers colors there on him um at the start of our podcast and um, if you haven't seen it go on and watch the video and you'll see what we mean um but truly we, we do mean it and we said it whenever he was on we were just so pleased for him and we we're uh, just so glad that he had the opportunity to go out there in front of uh, his home fan the home fans although not for the home team, but he got to go out there and got to live that dream out. Um, so again, for to him, and thank you for giving us your time. You know, what's tonight? really nice
3: about it, though, no matter what, that entire the entire arena will have been cheering for him, no matter what. Oh yeah, massively. Yeah, yeah. no you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's something to be said
0: yeah um and yeah so again thank you so much for giving us your time and joining us tonight for those short minutes at the start of the podcast we do appreciate it um we do have a hopefully we did have um i hope you don't mind me saying john we did have um we do have another interview hopefully lined up it just fell through at the last minute something did happen We'll, we'll maybe talk about it whenever we put it out there um but we do have um an interesting guest coming on hopefully for our next podcast we hope uh in two weeks time um it just it just Things happen in the world of hockey, especially when you're in a position that you're in, whenever you're the, this person in the position that he's in. Um, so he had other things to tend to at the time. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it and we'll bring him on for, we got, for our next podcast. We
2: got that close we got that
0: close but we, we will get it we will get it um, so the wait. For, look forward to that for our next podcast hopefully um, guys that's really it for this week as usual you can check out this podcast and other podcasts on our website at door14hockey.com check out um, our social medias join the chat um, give us a shout give us questions send us your stories um, we're on all social media channels at door14hockey um, don't forget to like subscribe on our YouTube channel a little subscribe button down here somewhere in the bell thing um and also for if you're listening to us on our your podcast provider of choice don't forget to uh, if you're not already subscribe or leave us a comment or rating because we do really do appreciate all of that um that's it for this week all we have to do then now is sign off i'm marty
2: i'm john
3: i'm Aaron. have a great week